So if you talk to anyone that rodeos and barrel races competitively, they're going to tell you that it is expensive. You're going to spend more than you're ever going to make. That's just the reality of it. And a lot of people have kind of asked um, my finances and the breakdown and kind of what it takes financially to do all this. So in this episode, we're just going to cover the finances from day one and different situations I've been in, how I've made it work, how I haven't made it work, and things I would go back and tell myself before I first moved here. So I know I've covered this numerous times, but since this is just a finance episode, we'll kind of go over it again. So when the idea of first moving to Texas kind of came about, it was in April of 2012. And if you listen to the Blinded by Love episode, after that, you know, I was like, I'm done. I have to get out of here. I started saving everything. I didn't go out to bars, which I never was about that when I lived at home anyways. Um, I didn't buy anything I didn't need. Because I did live at home and I didn't have a lot of bills, I kind of stocked up on um, stuff that I knew I was going to need. Like, I probably still have lotions from when I first moved out here. Um, So, um, let me see. When I moved, I think I moved out here with $4,000. So, in a year, I saved that much. But I also sent off my deposits for my electric deposits for my house the first month's rent and I don't know if I brought any feed or hay with me I mean I probably did but there was a feed store out there and I was kind of limited on room since I was bringing literally everything I owned 1300 miles away so I brought four thousand dollars and after it was all said and done after I got out here and probably had 3000 after the first like week I was here. Of course my mom did help me. She took me to the grocery store and kind of stocked me up on food and feed and hay and stuff. But I did live probably 25 minutes from town. Um it was a drive. I lived out in the middle of nowhere. So I got a job pretty quick. Thank gosh. Um, If I wouldn't have got that job, there was plenty of other places in that town I could have worked at to survive. And I think that's a lot of people's problem is they're stuck on, well, I have to have this job. And if I can't find a job in this, then I'm not going to move. Well, you might have to physically be in that place to get that job. So you might have to suck it up and work a job just to survive. Um, I got on, I rode pins for a little bit and then I rode or I worked at the jail, uh, that was kind of my full-time job. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a small jail. I was full-time. Um, but at that time, you know, I wasn't barrel racing a lot. There just wasn't a lot of options. I didn't even have a trailer of my own until June of that year. So once I did get a trailer, I mean, I went to a barrel race once a month, an hour and a half away. Um, I probably spent more money on driving to town, driving to Amarillo because I didn't have a lot of friends in that town. I didn't have anything to do. I mean, I lived on 4,000 acres by myself. I had movies to watch. Um, It was brutally cold and it snowed, so you couldn't ride. 
the arena that I had got worked up maybe once a month when the landlord was out there. Um, so it was just, I didn't go a lot. But looking back now, of course, we live and learn. Everything happens for a reason. Um, I probably would not have drove all over the place and went into town to eat and just little things that slowly blow your money. So fast forward, moved to Stephenville. And basically right now I'm just going to cover finances from day one and then I'll kind of go back and do some um, money saving tips. So I promise I'm not just rambling. So moved to Stephenville and of course I'd been to Stephenville at this point. There's way more things to do than where I was living and way more jobs and I was like oh I can just get a job at the jail. So I guess I went to Stephenville in May. I said I was going to move in a year, then an opportunity came about, and I just really couldn't say no to moving in two and a half months later. So then I was like, okay, I have to save money. So I only had from the middle of May, June, and then I think I moved the first week of August, so minimal time to save money. But I did. I saved everything that I could. The last month that I lived at this place, I um, I let him keep my deposit, so I didn't have to pay my last month's rent. Then, um, let me see, moved to Stephenville, and again, I didn't have a whole lot of friends that wanted to barrel race or to ride together. So if you don't have that, that alone is going to lack your motivation to even want to go. I started working for this man who had more money than he knew what to do with. Um, he, it, We won't totally get into numbers because it was insane um, what I was getting paid a week to just pretty much do nothing. Run errands for him, maybe. Um, stupid amount of money. What did I do with that? Um, I went shopping. I went and had Starbucks every morning, uh, sometimes twice a day. Uh, I blew through that money so fast. Um, And at the time, I didn't have a really good feed program for my horses. It was good. It was just over the top. I was for, I moved down there with four horses. I was probably spending 600 bucks a month to feed them. I was feeding them alfalfa hay, alfalfa cubes, coastal hay. I don't know what type of grain I was feeding at the time. Um, They were on probably four or five different supplements. Um, Just stupid, stupid amounts of money I was spending on my horses. And then I was getting. So, then I kind of started to go a little bit more. Um... And I did get another job at the time. At the, I think during that time I worked, I was a door girl at a bar. And that was when the other ex was living down the road and told the girl we were roommates. And when I found all that out, I had moved back home. So I kept my apartment here, which that apartment was $500. And it was a two bedroom, one bath. Two stalls were included and each additional stall was $25. The first place that I ever lived at was $300 a month, but it was also in the middle of nowhere. 
So moved back home, I just needed to kind of get my head straight and I mean I was heartbroken after that. That I was more mad than I was sad that I just was again blinded. So left and I got a job back home working at the Amazon factory. Uh that was horrible. Absolutely terrible. But it was Christmas time, it was busy. That let me pay for all my bills back in Texas and kind of save up a little bit of money because I was staying at home, wasn't going out that much because I was working like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So then I would come home and sleep till 3 o'clock and then get up and go to work again. And that was four days a week. So kind of gave me a chance to build my money back up. Moved back to Texas and kind of that was in 2014, coming 2015 kind of bounced around that year then found a place um that one was the probably the more expensive place I lived at but it was very nice um I had all my uh washer dryer microwave refrigerator the first place that I lived at when I moved to Stephenville had none of that um the people that lived there that I took their lease over I think I talked about this in another episode um they let me keep their stuff till they moved out So, when I started working at that place, then I kind of started to get my life together, get my finances together. I could always afford my horses, but I couldn't always afford to go. Um, Because at the time, I wasn't clocking good. I had not a lot of friends that wanted to go. Uh, I didn't even want to go. So, moved there, and I believe that's when I started... I don't even remember. I've had so many jobs, I don't remember. Uh, so, moved in there. My friend from Tennessee moved out here, and she lived with me for almost a year. Then that following spring, I really kind of started going more. Going to jackpots more. Going to rodeos more. Just little amateur rodeos. And I kind of started working on saving my money. Well, about that time the truck I had the truck I had when I moved to Texas um I ended up selling that one when I moved or yeah when I moved back home no I just went back home to visit but I had to sell that truck because it was just falling apart so got another truck and that was the first dually I had had that truck for about a year and then I threw a rod so I had to have my I think I got a whole new engine that was not um that was not cheap to to buy to have someone put in I had a so-called friend put it in ran good for about a year and then by the time I moved to Stephenville I it was one thing after another with that truck so anytime I had a decent amount of money built up I had to put it into that truck so then see 2015 into 2016 so 2016 about right about here is when all my years kind of start to blur together because nothing really big happened um I don't even remember what happened in 2016 I think I went more kind of started to pattern or shiner was kind of running a little bit at the time so then into 20. 17 I literally had to go back and look at my Facebook memories to even see what 2017 was about so 
2017, um, I got the truck that I have now my so a little backstory uh when I lived in Tennessee still I met this guy super nice kind of in a weird chance situation um so just a friend we went out to eat a lot I was moving to Texas he was in the military uh so moved to Texas and we kind of never really lost touch so then when I moved back home no, I didn't. I need to get my story straight on moving back home and visiting back home. I went home to visit. And this was, I think that was in the end of 2016. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm in Nashville. And he was like, what? So we went out to eat and then kind of like sparked something. I don't know. So we dated for a little bit and then he went to Belgium. Uh, he was on some kind of deployment kind of deal over there. So, broke up, but we were on good terms. Always been really good friends. And he was like, hey, you know, if you ever need a co-signer for anything, like, just let me know. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So, then in the summer of 2017, the dually that I had just, it would run down the road fine. But when I would hook it up to my trailer, it would overheat. So, I spent $900 on a water pump that didn't fix it. I've spent, I don't know how much on a fan clutch. That didn't fix it. The next thing was going to be my transmission. My air conditioning was was already going out. I had some bad injectors. Overall, it was going to cost me a couple grand to get this truck fixed. So, I kind of had some money saved up. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So, I talked to a few different people. And they said, you know, you're going to be smarter to go trade it in and get you a newer truck. I was like, oh my gosh. So I called him and I was like, hey, like, I don't know if you were being serious or not, but I need a new truck, like, in a bad way. It's not a want, it's a need. And he was like, well, let me know what you can get figured out. You know, I don't mind co-signing. So I called a dealership in South Texas and I was like, look, this is my deal. I'm in Stephenville. My co-signer is in another country. What can y'all do? And he was like, oh, yeah, no big deal. We can just email it, print it off, fax it, send it back. I was like, What? So that was pretty cool. So shout out to uh, Atascosa Dodge. I never even stepped foot in the dealership. So what money that I had saved up from a couple years went to that truck. And then my payments on it were ridiculous. Like 500 something dollars a month. So then I meet Wacy, And that's kind of when my life starts coming together. So... Meet him, then me and him and my friend from Tennessee, different friend from Tennessee, moved out here and we lived in a very tiny cabin, but financially it was going to be smarter for everybody. The place that I did live in, they had raised the rent, so I think it was like $900 a month for the two bedroom, two bath, very nice apartment, had your turnouts, had your stalls, had a nice arena, but this place that we moved to think rent was six fifty, maybe. I don't think it was any more than that. And it may not even I think it was six fifty, that sounds right. For a two bedroom, one bath, very, very tiny cabin. It had two outdoor arenas, uh covered uh like calf lane that you could ride in. Um Horse turnouts were, I think mine were like 120 a month because I had three horses in the big turnout. 
But financially, that was going to be smarter because if we lived at the other place, Wacy couldn't live there. It was two people allowed to live there, and that was it. This place, he was like, well, you know, three people could live there, but it'd be really tight. We made it work somehow. So financially, that was smarter for us. So at the time, I was working two jobs. I mean, just stupid hours from 5.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock at night sometimes between two different nursing homes. So basically, I wasn't getting to save anything at all. I mean, I had, yes, we split the rent, we split the electric, but I still had a $500-something truck payment. I still had, you know, horses to feed and take care of and I was going to a jackpot a week, maybe, and I mean, our jackpots are $25, $30, so it's not like it's that much money. So, didn't do anything big that year. 2018 kind of started to come together a little bit more, and so basically how all the barrel races in Texas work is... The same ones happen every year, maybe different dates, but, you know, we have the elite barrel races. There's one in March, there's one in July, there's one in November. WPRA finals is in October of that year. Um, There's a couple different series and races that they're just always the same. So you can kind of plan your year out the end of that year, the beginning of that year and say, hey, this is when this race is, this is when this one. So it's not like I have to come up with money for a big barrel race in three days. Like I plan these races out for the sole purpose of finances. And so I'm not overlapping on anything else. So that was really the first year that I could haul Shiner. Like solely Shiner was the only horse. She was top horse. She was number one. So... Then went to a few different races, kind of went to a couple amateur rodeos, nothing really big. So then in October, that's when I bought my permit, which I was already kind of planning on it. So now, well, let me see. So Wazy bought the place in March. We moved in in May. So how our deal is now is... At the time, Wacy paid the mortgage, and then I paid the electric, the water. I don't know if I paid the Wi-Fi or anything. Um, So that was the deal there. So my expenses went down drastically. So then that gave me a chance to save. Then I started working at the factory that I made a lot of money at, but it was horrible. Worked there a while. Worked there almost a year. So then, same thing. I was going to more jackpots a week, going to more barrel races. So then in September of that year, I am blessed to have had Wacy um, finish paying my truck off. Um, so I don't have a truck payment. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, and it's funny, I actually saw a Facebook comment the other day. And I'm not even friends with this person. And I know she was referring to me. Well, you know, if she would have got married, she wouldn't have had all that. Well, you know what, honey? I did, and I'm blessed to have a husband that wants to help me out and can support me. And I know that's not everybody's case, but that's just the way my cards fell, and I am forever grateful for that. Um, I I truly am. I mean, like I said, if I would have lived at home, my life would be very different right now. Um, I'm not saying everyone needs to go out and get married, and that's how it's going to happen, but... 
that's how it works for some people. So that helped me significantly, but obviously I still have to work. I still have to take care of my horses and entry fees. And sometimes he will help me out, but that's not his purpose. I mean, it's my horses. It's my deal. I need to kind of pay for it. So then I started working for the lady I work for now. And I don't make a whole, whole lot, but I make enough to pay for what I need to pay for to kind of start to save some. Uh, she lets me off work when I need to. Um, if it's too cold, like right now, I was like, hey, can I come in at nine? It's going to warm up a little bit. And she was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, if I need off for a morning slack. So I'll get into it in a different episode, but most of your winter rodeos, um, they have middle of the week morning slacks. Don't know why, but they do. So that I'm going to need off for quite a few of those. So if I need off, I'm like, hey, Lisa, you know, I need off this Monday morning for slack, but I'll come in and work the following Saturday. I don't have to work the following Saturday. but Obviously, you know, I want to make my hours up. I need to be saving as much as I can. So that's kind of the living and stuff, I guess, up to this point. So now for the, I guess, barrel races, rodeos, parts like that. So I have a list of every pro rodeo I'm hitting this year. A few amateur rodeos, a few of the barrel races. And it's fact of the matter, if I don't have the money, I don't go. But because I plan these out so far, I can start putting money back towards entry fees. And if I win money back and barrel racing is like a slot machine, you might win, you might not. Any money that I do win back, I try to, depending on how much it is, I try to split that up somehow. So if I win $300 and my entry fee was 30 bucks, I had a Wednesday night jackpot, which was happening a lot last year because Shiner was on a roll. <laughs> um, I'll put... I'll put a hundred back. I'll maybe put a hundred in my pile for my bills, and then put a hundred towards a vet bill or feed for the week or whatever it may be. Um, that's not always going to happen, but when it does, you know, figure out kind of what you need and what you need to put back. So I have monthly goals for just for myself on what I would like to save. That's not entry fees. That's not money for something else. That is solely just put this money back basically for this summer. Because I'm hoping, and I said this last year, but, you know, last year or this year, I feel like was like a learning experience for me for being on the road, for even knowing if I want to be on the road to kind of learn how to budget a little bit more. Um, but this year, I not crossing my fingers, I'm not holding my breath, but I feel like Betty has a good chance to do something. So I want to be financially prepared. So if I do stay on the road a month or two months or, you know, whatever it may be, I want to be financially prepared. I don't want to, you know, have her be winning money at rodeos at the end of spring and be like, well, you know, I just can't afford to go on the road because it does get expensive. So, like I said, I have monthly goals on just what I want to save. I have 
a couple different money saving apps. So I have the driving or the gas app that I've been telling everybody about. And I think for every person that gets fuel, I get like one cent of yours. So it's not like I'm making money off of you. But if you go out and you tell people, hey, sign up under my deal, then you get 15 cents back the next time you fill up and so do they. I mean, it really does add up, especially if you drive a lot like I do and you constantly fill up. So my goal for that app, because I have like $53 in it right now, there's no minimum cash out balance. I can transfer that anytime I want to. So I'm going to wait as long as I can and let that build up. Ideally, I would like to let that build until like May or June and then use that money as long as I can, however much it is in there for fuel for the summer. So say if I have $500, that's depending on how much diesel is and where diesel is, um, that's at least five fill-ups. It doesn't quite take my truck $100 to fill it up. So that's five fill-ups. So that could last, you know, anywhere from two days to two weeks, depending on how much you're hauling. Um, I have the Ibotta app, the Fetch app. Those are pretty much, you just upload your grocery store receipts. That adds up. You can transfer that to your PayPal. So maybe transfer that and use that for snack money. Like I have all my money planned out. I like to see my money. I like to see where I'm going to spend it on. I budget myself for the week. So I, where I live, I'm in between Stephenville and then where I work. So I don't have to go into Stephenville. I don't have to pass any, you know, fast food restaurants in the morning to get food. I might stop at the little convenience store down the road for me and get something to drink on the way to work, but that's about it. Um, so I'm not eating out for breakfast every morning. My weakness is, um, vanilla cream, Dr. Peppers at Sonic. So when I go to town, I'll usually get one of those. Um, every now and then I'll have to run to town in the morning for my boss and, get feed for her so I'll get coffee then so that's you know three cups of coffee a day (laughs) um so budgeting per week per month really helps me a lot those little apps save me a lot too so download those really live by them religiously um and I those add up so so much and so my like I said my plan is with those apps is come June May transfer that money out and let that be my food money so I mean all this is hypothetical planning if I don't go on a summer run anywhere then I just have that much more money built up to either save or rodeo in Texas on so as you know from past posts and snapchats I save all my change and I've been saving all my five dollar bills too since like October maybe so my plan is with that is all my fives are in a super secret special place. (laughs) Um, I don't count those. Those are just getting put in a box and accumulating. And then my change, I have like a, I used to have a bigger size cup in my truck, but I don't know where that one went. So I just have just a plastic cup in my truck. Um, When that gets full, I'm going to take it to a change machine, cash it out, and then put that in with my fives. And then that is going to be probably my entry fees from May till whenever, ideally. 
Um, obviously, I'm going to have some saved up that I can use for entry fees too, but that's just a separate savings um, for that. If I win a bigger check at a rodeo, I may, or a barrel racer, I need to be winning some checks at rodeos, um, put maybe half of that in there and then just use that straight for um, entry fees for the year. So I'm not going to get into it big time on this episode, but my feed program does save me a lot. Disclaimer, my feed program is not going to work for everybody. Not everyone is going to see the positive sides of that, Um, but it works for me, works for my horses, works for my finances. So like I said, you know, I used to feed this and that and everything and 10,000 different supplements and... So, about two years ago, I switched solely to the alfalfa cubes. We'll get into the science and everything behind the cubes in a different episode. So, for me, it's a little cheaper because there's less waste. My horses really won't eat the stemmy parts of alfalfa, and I don't care how good of a hay supplier you have, he's going to get bad cuts of alfalfa. That's just how it is. Um, if he's a good hay supplier, he'll discount you a little bit because it's kind of crappier hay. So my horses eat all those. They eat the cubes slower. With alfalfa in general, they'll get full on it so they won't gorge themselves. So just a few little tidbits. Uh, alfalfa is easier to digest. Alfalfa is better for their stomach so you lessen the risk of your ulcers. Your alfalfa also has naturally occurring amino acids, which are good for um, muscles. So you don't necessarily need to add an, an amino acid supplement for that. Said we weren't going get to get into alfalfa facts, but here we are. Alfalfa does not make your horses hot. <laughs> so end of the alfalfa facts for the day. So feeding that one bag, and I'm sponsored by Hayright, so I do get a little bit of a discount. So, one bag lasts my horses four feedings. So, I'll feed them. I'll split a bag in half. So, 25 pounds per horse. And Shiner probably honestly doesn't need that much because she will kind of pig out. But we put our horses up at night in stalls. So, they have the 25 pounds to last them all night through the night and in the morning. So, when I get up in the mornings about eight o'clock and turn them out then they've already ate through the night ate through the morning and then usually that what's in their buckets will last them through the next evening and sometimes the next morning so four feedings roughly um I don't feed a lot of grass hay your grass hay is harder to digest it doesn't pull a lot of water to their stomachs um it's also higher in your sugars versus the alfalfa. It can aggravate your ulcers. It doesn't have a lot of nutritional value. Um, it's more for a filler. Um, but I do feed it just to kind of keep their stomachs moving. So when it's really cold, I'll put it in super slow feed bags. And usually a full bag will last Betty three or four days. She doesn't really like it, I think, because it does bother her stomach. Um, But she does kind of pick at it. I just kind of have it as an option if they get bored or they don't want to eat their cubes. Um, Shiner will pig out. So Shiner 
does get rationed her feed or her hay. Uh, the slow feed bags save tremendously on waste. Um, so then I only feed the Renew Gold. Um, it's essentially grain free. When you're talking about grains, it's basically your wheat, corn, soy. Um, there's something else. Yes, rice bran is a grain, but in the terms of horse feed, it's not. Um, there's some scientific reason behind it. I need to do some research. Um, that's just my choice and what works for my horses. Um, it's high in fat. It has cool calories, so it replaces starchy feeds, but it still gives them the energy and what they need to perform. Um, so you see me posting and tagging and all this, the pure equine herbs. Now, learning everything and common sense, you can't have a healthy horse if you don't have a healthy gut. So I see so many people, well, what can I do this to make my horse shine? What can I do this for this? What can I do for mane growth? Get them on a good gut health supplement. A healthy gut is going to aid in digestion, reduce your risk of ulcers, and reduce your risk of malabsorption. So you can feed your horses 10,000 supplements, but if they aren't absorbing all of the nutrients of what they're getting, then they're not going to shine. They're not going to look good. They're going to be dull. Their mane might not grow. So when you have their stomach healthy, they're absorbing every single thing that you're putting into them. So... I think I don't have to supplement with a lot of crap because of the herbs. If you look at Betty, Betty is black, Betty is shiny, Betty is slick. Shiner is too, but she's white and you can't really see it. They are muscled, they're toned, their manes are growing, they're overall healthy. I don't have an ulcer issue, I don't think, um, because of that. Um, so the herbs alone are amazing. Um, I do feed the MVP six-way that is clinically proven to help with joints. Um, it also helps with coat and digestion and everything. I mean, it does six different things, but so it's kind of like all in one. I think that helps hold my injections longer. Uh, that between that and the digest herbs working together, I think that combination alone is amazing for my horses. So the six-way is expensive. I only give it once a day. So, so essentially I'm giving two servings a day, but to one horse or to two horses. So I don't know how much a bag lasts me. I mean, it's a huge bag. So it lasts me two months, maybe. Um, the herbs last me quite a while. Um, I give them one scoop a day. The Renew Gold is like $30 a bag. And you only feed a pound. So, for me, used I used to feed two, three, four pounds of a couple different beads. And they were, what, $30, $40 a bag, maybe? So, I would go through three or four bags of those a month because you're feeding so much in poundage. The Renew Gold is recommended maybe a pound and a half to harder working horses. So if Betty gets worked super, super hard, then I will give her a pound and a half. Um, Shiner gets maybe a half a pound. So I'm probably spending 35 or 40 bucks a month just on quote unquote 
quote, grain for them a month. If you're in any of the buy, sell, trade, rodeo, tax swap groups, you'll see me posting in there quite often. Um, I do have a plethora of clothes and stuff that I really need to go through and give away or do something. But I'll try to do once a month closet cleanouts, sell stuff that I'm never going to wear again. Um, and I'll keep that money and use that for, you know, if I have a big vet bill coming up, like my injections or procedures or anything, I'll do that. Or I'll just save that and use that for my monthly entry fees. Um, that's honestly helped me a lot. I mean, an extra hundred bucks to 300 bucks a month, depending, um, or save that. Um, any little thing you can do to make money, use that for your entry fees. And that's helped me all year significantly. My biggest problem is snacks and food. So if you're going to be on longer hauls, try to pack snacks or um, sandwiches or maybe only plan to eat out, you know, one time. Or, you know, if it's a short trip, tell whoever you're hauling with, hey, I'll buy your lunch, um, dinner, breakfast for fuel. Um, most of your people are going to be pretty easy to work with about that. Um, on a seven-hour haul, obviously, that's not going to even out. Um but sometimes it will not not the whole time the meals but um like if it's an hour away just be like hey I'll buy your lunch or you know whatever um some people like to pay for the whole trip and then when it's over save the receipts and just split it up that way um some people split the cost every fill up or some people it's easier on like really long hauls every other fill up so if you're going like if I go on a summer run this summer and someone goes with me to run, then, hey, you fill up this time, I'll fill up next time. Because obviously you're going to be out there for a long time. You're going to the majority of the same rodeos. Um, it helps a little bit. So a few of these are going to be repetitive because they do apply to different aspects of rodeoing and life. So one of the best ways I can tell you how to save money on the road is find a good hauling partner two, three, four, however many holes you have in your trailer, always try to buddy and go to rodeos together. That's going to save you in fuel quite a bit. Um, you know, a $400 round trip for you might only end up being $100 because there's four of y'all that went to this rodeo. Um, and then the other thing is strategy on hitting your rodeos. Don't hit one that you have to go six hours north to to turn around and come back home and then go five hours south if you don't have to. Um, depending where you are and what your goals are for the year, you might have to. But the majority of your rodeos and the way that they're laid out, which we'll get into that later, um, they usually try to do um, the same every year because these rodeos are basically your state fair and rodeo or your county fair and they have the rodeo so a lot of them are in the spring and winter a lot in texas there's not really a lot because it's nicer weather up north they'll have a lot of the bigger rodeos up north so that's when everyone goes on their summer run so try to hit them in an order so you know don't go to a rodeo that's 10 hours away just to hit one when you can go to some that are seven hours away and you can hit three or four. 
Um, again, that all depends on your goals and how many rodeos you're trying to hit, um, your rodeo count versus how much money you've won, you need to win. Um, that's more for the girls trying to make NFR or circuit finals or anything like that. Um, so again, that comes with planning it out for the year. So right now I've got the majority of my rodeos planned out. I'm talking to, there's probably six different girls and ladies total that I'm talking to on trying to figure out, hey, you know, I'm going to go to this rodeo. Do you want to go to this one? Where one may be like, hey, no, my horse doesn't work good in that pen. Or I'm going to go to these versus those rodeos. I mean, it it is truly a strategy on how to hit rodeos. And it's not just, you know, let's hit this rodeo because the rodeo is this weekend. I mean, it, it is. It, the strategy behind rodeoing is unbelievable. Well, that is all I can think of on my finances and kind of what I do and my planning. So hopefully this can help someone going into their 2020 rodeo year.